Hey, you're listening to Certain Degree, the podcast version. This episode originally aired on WPRK on November 17th, 2020, and you're listening to it on the internet, I hope. We have some great people. We, I always say we, I interviewed some great people. I don't like taking, it feels like I'm bragging, but I should. I get to interview amazing people all the time, or at least I did until, you know, the pandemic. But anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. Let me just start the episode. It's so good to hear from you, from me. Oh, so bad at this. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I'm Nick Jurgudiu. Normally, the show is a two-hour interview with one, occasionally two, sometimes even three people from around Orlando who are doing neat things. Right now, since we can't be live in the WPRK studios, I've taken a look back at some of the past interviews that I've done with these amazing people and put together a clip show for you to enjoy. I like to get to know my guests, so I shoot out a bunch of questions at them at the beginning of each episode to get to know them a little bit better. What's that question in this case? We're going to hear from five people, Luke Belasia, Katrina Constantine, Matt Petty, Christine Lopez, and Andrew Chang talking about tiny houses. You can answer too. How do you feel about tiny houses? I feel like I'm very manic right now. Tiny houses get me excited. Do you have a lot of stuff? I have I have dogs. Okay. For one, so it like yeah, definitely so it would be difficult. Work. Yeah, like they would Unless hate they it. had their own tiny house. <laughs> sure. Which... So you could have a lot with two tiny houses, one for your dogs and one for you and your wife. Yeah, I guess. They like to run. Well, they could go outside. Well, do they run in the house? Yeah. Okay. I like throw a frisbee in the house <laughs> and they catch it and yeah. All right. Yeah, well, great. You get that, that. You get that big house. Yeah. Well, and I also Apparently. have like a like a like drums. Where am I going to put drums in a tiny house? Uh, you know, I wanted to start making tiny houses out of your stuff. Out of my so, stuff. Yeah. So the idea is that what's one of everybody one of the concerns, right, of moving into a tiny house is you know I have all these things like books. Okay. Uh, so we would make the walls. If you had a lot of books, for example, we would make the walls out of the books. So you could just go up to a wall. And open up a book. Okay. So we could use the drums as the wall, as the ceiling, so you could just drum whenever you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, Neil Peart's dream. Yeah. Yeah. So does that appeal to you a little bit more? Uh, no. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> uh, going back to the idea of the tiny house, though, that sort of uh, you know declutter your life mm-hmm. and minimalist lifestyle... That I, sort of thing. Um, Does that appeal to you yeah, on some level? Yeah, for sure. Uh, a few years ago, I tried and failed to move to Los Angeles. And in, in the process, Did you miss? I, I, I ended up, I don't know how, I ended up in Japan. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I was in a car. That happens a lot. I mean, not, not everybody realizes it. Like you go, you have this dream. I'm going to New York. I'm going to yeah. Chicago. I'm going to Des Moines. Um, you don't always hit it. I don't feel as bad now then. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. You shouldn't. Okay. Okay. Good. But yeah, um, but when I when I moved in the process of that, I sold almost everything I owned. And I'm a huge I was a huge comic book collector. I guess I still am. But um yeah, I uh I sold almost everything and it and it felt good. 
You yeah. felt lighter. You felt less encumbered. Yeah, yeah. It felt. I don't. I can't. It's a weird feeling to just mm-hmm. get rid of stuff that you don't need. But I mean, like you don't need to own everything that you like. And I think that felt uh, that felt good to learn. So you got back, and did you have to go track down all your stuff, or were you just like, I'm just going to start over? I kind of started over. Okay. Yeah, but but uh, but I've taken a lot a different approach to. It like I I don't collect as much I don't just hoard as much I don't I not that I hoarded but I don't know I don't have as much stuff as I used to okay just because I don't feel like I need it after getting rid of it you know nice yeah it's fun for me because I I have four dogs you have four dogs so we're right. big dogs yeah that's not gonna work no. out for you um and I'm also a hoarder. Like, uh, mostly, mostly like we were talking about on the computer, but also in real life, I'm very sentimental and I like to keep everything. So on the computer, we're talking about sort of digital hoarding, all your files, all the stuff. Like if my computer was a house, you would find dead cats behind the files. Great. Yeah. Great. But, um. Mostly because of the four dogs, I would imagine. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Um, but I would need like a tiny mansion. So like a regular house. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go with that. Yeah. What about the idea of just, uh, if you are a hoarder, um, just overall simplifying things, right? Like, yeah, I, I love think, min- like the idea of minimalism. And yeah, I've been okay. trying to incorporate that a little more in my life. Like, I'm definitely not as bad as I was when I was younger. Um, I, I just, too much clutter, it really does just make you really anxious. I think it's funny because I, I'm imagining you, your art style is very minimalist. It's very simple. It's yes. very, very, very straightforward. And I can just imagine one of your like prints holding it, you holding it, and then in the background is like your house, and it's just total chaos. chaos total that would chaos. that would be a really yeah. good. Uh, According to my setup. mom, though, my house is super clean, mom. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, mom. Yeah, no, everybody's yeah, houses are really super clean. clean. Don't come over. <laughs> Don't come over. <laughs> no poppins. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's all relative, right? I feel like I have a tiny house, but if I was living in the middle of Tokyo, I would live probably be living in a huge house relative to the size of the city or the mm. the cost of land or whatever, or even New York City, I don't know. Have you had like a small apartment before? Um yeah. I lived yeah. in Japan and I lived in a actually I lived in a pretty big apartment by Japanese standards. I can't so remember like they, they divided up by five hundred square feet. Well it's they, they um it's like tatami mat units, but I can't remember what the kind of uh the ratio is. Mm. It was it was pretty big. I had two rooms and that was quite a nice apartment. Um, so tiny houses. I like the... Here's what I like about tiny houses. I'm not really answering your question. I'm not sure I can give you a... Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna be right in the middle. Okay. <laughs> I'm cool on tiny houses. Here's what I like about them. I appreciate the craft. I mean, I feel like a tiny house, you're really stretching the limits of creativity and trying to fit things into a small space, like approaching a house like you were building a boat with spaces at a premium. So I do appreciate the craft in that. I think the lifestyle. I feel like I feel like it might just be one of those things where people think, okay, I'm just going to live in a tiny house because it's cool, and maybe you haven't thought it out properly. Mm-hmm. And then they they also need to rent a couple of those storage units to fit all their to stuff cr- in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not like if you can if you can pare your life down and just to the bare, you know, the barest elements, then more power to you. Like, you know, that's that's great. But I am definitely no Mario Kondo. I can't do it. I like books. I like stuff. <laughs> I like to have a range of stuff for for 
thing, you know, situations where I might need to use it. Like I can't get rid of my ski gear even though I don't go skiing that often. I just need <laughs> to know that I have it just in case. So what if we fashion a tiny house? You mentioned the craft. What mm. if we uh, fashion your tiny house out of all your stuff? <laughs> so literally like there's a wall of books. You just go up to the wall and open up one of the books and you can read them. Yeah. I don't know how waterproof that would be. Uh, not very. I think there'd be some weatherproofing issues. There would be a lot of different issues. You'd probably have turn them into paper mache, but then you wouldn't be able to appreciate them as books anymore. Uh, you'd be, yeah, you could read some of it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. My, my kanji dictionary. Am I really going to go back and learn kanji like I always thought I would? Probably not. I like having it though. It's a security blanket for you. It's yeah. I mean, it's a it's a you know, it's like it's opening up a door to another realm. So mm-hmm. I, I'm reluctant to give that away, and I probably don't have room for it in my tiny house. So what am I going to do? I think yeah. Part of the challenge of tiny house though is you you figure out how much stuff you can actually cram into that tiny little space. That's correct. Yeah. What is absolutely necessary for you to have happiness? Yeah. And I think the lifestyle part of it also is you're not going to spend a lot of time there, right? Right. Like you're out and about, you're out in the community or you're out wherever it Mm -hmm. is that you're living. Is that practical in in Florida because of the weather and the climate? uh, I think so. I mean, there's still, I think they're air conditioned and all that. I don't really appreciate or like the idea of chemical toilets, but I'd rather have a tiny house that stays still. We don't have to have a chemical toilet. You could have a, um, there's toilets that, burn stuff up there's toilets there's composting toilets there's the catapult toilet i like that one that just <laughs> it's it catapult it you catapult. or the stuff the stuff yeah <laughs> yeah it just sends it elsewhere yeah i think they use that back in the middle ages to yeah. spread disease and stuff yeah it's a big thing it's, a, <laughs> it's called the black plague toilet yeah. yeah yeah i really enjoy that one could you live in no one? I have. No, I know. And you have too many things. You have, well, okay. So take away the family for a second. Mm-hmm. Could you have lived in one maybe when you were younger? No. Never? No. I'm a, I'm a collector of things. I wish I wasn't. I wish I could Marie Kondo things yeah. and be minimal, but I just, I collect art and taxidermy and there are so many things that I just like to surround myself with that I couldn't, but I really, I'm envious of those who can. I, it just seems like a better life. Did you mean to say art and taxidermy? Because doesn't taxidermy fall under art, really? Uh, some of them are literally just bones. Oh. So articulated skeletons, anim- uh, wet specimens in jars. Uh, so just collector's items. Oh. Uh, so not that have been like properly... Pro- oh. <laughs> you said you wanted to learn about me. Oh. <laughs> okay, great. So no evidence, though, of any kind of past uh, uh, events in your life? Okay, great. No, not at all. Awesome. So I'm at the studio uh, with Christine Lopez, just if anybody's listening right now. That door is locked. Oh, boy. That was a bad idea on my part. Thank you for answering. Answering honestly. I mean, that's, yeah. I think that's who you are. That's another thing swans are, is they're very honest. Yeah, there's no filter. Yeah. Yeah, no, I guess that's true. Uh, tiny houses. Oh, so Take in. this job. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want one personally. I, I see the appeal of them because you get to cut down on everything. Right. It's just you and your closet and your bed. Like and that's tiny. it. Yeah, it's it's very tiny. I've not been in one and being 6'1"-ish, I don't think I'd fit in many. 
So not for me, but I'm here for the the whole thing. And I think that they're like, I have a thing with tiny things. So seeing like a, like a community of tiny homes, it just, it makes me really happy. You're giggling almost right now. Yeah. (laughs) Very nice. So you wouldn't want to live one and live in one though. No, I'd be like, it just, I'm too big. So we could scale it up. So it doesn't have to be exactly that tiny. We could scale it up so that you could fit through the doorway and the bed is long enough and everything. Still not for me. No. Mm-mm. no. What about it? So do you like the idea of, you know, minimizing the amount of things that oh, you have yeah. and all of that? Is that something you do on a regular, you know, Maria condo and all that? Oh, I've been doing it before her. Yeah. I hate. You were Maria condo before Maria condo? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Maria is a big, you know, supporter and listener of the show, but it's fine. The condo crash is constant deal. Yeah. Um, No, I hate clutter. I just hate it. I've always hated it. And so for me, I really like minimalism. But uh, there's that there was some show on Netflix where people were like, you can only have like seven pairs of this and like two pairs of that. And I literally thought like, I'm I'm gonna go and do this. And then I realized like, you there's no chance. Yeah, you can't live like that. Yeah. Especially if you own a clothing company. Yeah, that makes it really hard. <laughs> so, I mean, that's all I wear, but yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You're very on brand, I Always. will say. So coming in today and wearing four of the shirts mm-hmm. that Swan City Orlando uh, produces mm-hmm. all at the same time, mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive. Yeah, just wait. It's going to be a strip show. Yeah, no, I like that. Every half hour, you're going to take, take one, one off. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So at the very end of the show... Naked Swan. <laughs> oh boy. Did Andrew Chang of Swan City Orlando get naked on the show? You'll have to find out by going to a certain degree.com or subscribing to the show on all of the podcast networks. Just all of them. Go ahead and subscribe everywhere if you so choose and listen to past episodes. Andrew Chang, Christine Lopez, Matt Petty, Katrina Constantine, and Luke Belasia all charming, wonderful, amazing people. You should listen to them if you want to laugh and if you want to learn a few things about what's happening in Orlando and with those particular people and the things that they do. From making shirts to reporting on the news on WMFE to creating cartoons and things that make you laugh and food Instagramming, food blogging. Food Instagramming? Is that what we're calling it? Let's call it that. Speaking of food, brunch. Speaking of brunch, uncomfortable brunch. Yes, that is a series of events that goes on at the Enzian Theater, and it's brought to you by the fine folks at Uncomfortable Brunch. Uh, that, that was a weird way to say it. Kat Whitaker and Joshua Martin. I had the pleasure of interviewing them back in 2019 about the event series. You can go back and listen to that entire episode if you so choose. In this clip, we talk about movies that have made us uncomfortable in the past. And there's a lot of them. And really uncomfortable. Really, really just made us not feel great about ourselves. But you know what they say. That's entertainment? Like one of the films that we had uh, thought about showing at some point was First Reformed. And um, that film, like I, I am a, I'm in the church choir at my church. And uh, like we watched it when it was in theaters. And like the next day when I was in choir, I was like, 
oh my god i was sort of like hyperventilating i had to leave and it was like i, I had that. like i had like an emotional response to it nice yeah Just like it made me have like a like i like almost passed out i had no idea you never told me that that's awful yeah it's pretty it was pretty awful oh. but i was like oh my gosh this is art <laughs> <laughs> this is how i'm supposed to feel so I, one of the things I wanted to ask then were like, that sounds like a movie that really not necessarily haunted you, but disturbed you on some level yeah, or affected you on some level. I mean, that's how you can tell that it's like something that we should show because it's, it's evoking a, some, some sort of um, emotional response. Um, and Beyond just being distracted for two hours. And I was thinking, it was like, what the last movie that we showed was in a John Waters film. Yeah, right. But like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, that's that's the kind of film that we want to show is something that is going to make you think about things as opposed to just kind of going about your day and not really taking into account like all these other things that are happening in the world. Well, and like you were saying earlier, Joshua, you are not just showing art house movies this was sort of a reaction to the way that art house movies are shown mm-hmm. and responded to and you know you're trying to move away from the pretentiousness of it right. to an extent well because i mean these movies have always been really important to me movies in general are very important to me um and that that's to say even you know be horror movies and so or whatever any i think that all these different genres have their place, but something about these art films, uh, first of all, the ones that we're showing just don't get shown very much because, believe it or not, they're not big sellers. You know? What? Yeah. So that was important to me when I first, like even just doing it in my living room for my movie nerd friends was that I just wanted to be able to have a place to be able to watch these flicks with other people. Um, but they're, uh, yeah, I mean, just... it. I think there's some something to be gained from feeling crappy after a movie, you know. Uh, there is, like, <laughs> and and I think that that is amplified when you're in a room with with friends or strangers, especially strangers, though. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you to be kind of vulnerable in a way, which even that kind of sounds pretentious, I suppose, but whatever. <laughs> I, I think that there is some value in that. At least I think that I, I, for me there is. Like movies that uh, you just want to like go home and sit by yourself afterwards maybe rock in a fetal position a little bit (laughs) i was thinking about it from the context of like being a kid and seeing a disturbing movie but not just a like a horror movie so Mm -hmm. obviously when you're a kid and you see blood and guts and stuff for the first time um did you have that experience like a movie that really shouldn't have bothered you all that much like maybe mrs doubtfire <laughs> and how fast he was able to change from one character to the other. I just thought it was and how probably unrealistic. unrealistic. Yeah, that was. No, <laughs> Chris Columbus was, is a liar. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's disturbing. That's t- no, uh, it, absolutely. That I know is. who the director of Mrs. Doubtfire is, like off the top of my head. Right. Yeah. No, Chris Columbus is a big listener and sponsor. So, I'm oh, okay. Just, he's he's a he's a really good guy, Chris. If you're listening, and I know you are, you're a really good. Guy. No, uh, one of the ones for me was uh, uh, Time Bandits. Mm. And the reason for that at the end, hopefully not spoiling this for anybody since it's a 35-year-old movie right. at this point, is uh, the the son, the kid who's gone on all these adventures with the Time Bandits, uh, tells his parents not to touch this rock at the end that they find at the, you know, their house is just burned down. This rock is in their toaster oven. And the parents immediately touch it and disappear. Mm-hmm. And so that just freaked me out for years afterwards like i couldn't watch that movie because i already had like 
like abandonment issue dreams every night anyway. Not that there was anything wrong with my parents, I don't think. And maybe I was reading it to oh, something. There's certain, I mean, there's certainly is. I mean, there's every parent is, yeah, something Is there flight wrong. risk? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. My kids 100, listen to this show, 100%. so that's great. <laughs> I can't get rid of my parents. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they come to every event that you do. So was there a movie like that for you that wasn't necessarily supposed to be scary or horror movie that you remember as, oh, my gosh, that was um, freaky? Well, I have two different ones that I remembered distinctly. So um, one was a scene in Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice, like, there's so many other things in the movie that are horrifying, like, to a kid. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but like the scene where they um they're like possessed and they're they're dancing uh mm-hmm. to oh, yeah. to uh the Harry the, Belfonte. Yeah. 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 Um like that scene freaked me out oh. because they were like they didn't have control over their limbs. Was it, it did the shrimp fingers? And the shrimp fingers was like the kicker. Oh, that but, was like, pretty gross. But it's supposed to be like a funny scene <laughs> and it was like the most terrifying part of the movie to me for oh. some reason. Um, and then the, the second one was um, that, that movie summer school where um, he's teach like teaching all the bad kids how to do math. I don't remember. This oh movie. yeah. That was um, and, Harmon, Dan Harmon, not Dan Harmon. Um, I don't. Um, yeah. The guy from NCIS. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know his face, but yeah, um, yeah, he's uh, You're great with faces. I'm 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 great with faces. Yeah. I'm usually good with names, but yeah. I just I didn't look it up <laughs> earlier. But um this yeah, he he wears like Hawaii shirts, uh Hawaiian shirts and um he's he's teaching these kids how to do math over the summer and uh they're all into horror movies and at some point in the movie he he like gives up, he leaves, you know, like it's kind of the the climax like oh, he He's gone, and then they try to bring in a new teacher, and all these kids that are really into horror movies, they oh, do they all do these all the... the special effects, yeah, um, where like there's just like eyes, like coming out of places, and all the there's blood and stuff, and and like even though like they're like oh it's a joke, I'm like what? How did they do that with their bodies? Like what's happening? Oh. Like I got so freaked out by it because I just was like, how can you take out your eyes? Like I thought. It was like their actual eyes that they had like popped out and then put back. I've never in. even heard of this movie. Yeah, really? yeah, Mark Harmon. Mark, Mark Harmon. Yeah, Dan Mark. Harmon's the community, <laughs> the community and, guy. Uh, yeah, and Morty. Um, Sorry, Dan Harmon. <laughs> no, you're listening. Right. Sorry to confuse you with and, a guy who's just been accused of harassing people on set. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, who hasn't these days, though? That's a good point. I mean, yeah. I mean, he is Mark Harmon. Yeah, that's yeah. So, Josh, uh, what about what about um, you? What was your? I, you know, I was thinking about it because like. I don't know. I I I was un unnaturally scared of everything when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that like we we just said not necessarily horror movies, but this was something I didn't actually even see. Um, I remember being I was four years old when I saw the ad for Child's Play two in the newspaper, and I was kind of like freaked out by it, but not really. But then my father like told me what it was about, and it really sent me over the edge. And like anything that was wrong in my little world all got put into that doll. And like oh, so that, like if I saw the video cover at the video store, I would just like shut down. Like my mother had to pick me up and take me out of the store, like sort wow. of thing. Uh which weirdly it was cool. It was, uh, it was years later, like I was like twelve or thirteen, all those movies were on sci-fi channel. And I was like, I'm getting over this. And I watched all of them and now I'm like 
I attribute that to why I love horror movies now. And I actually met the writer uh, one uh, in the uh, Child's Play too of of all all the Child's Play. Don, oh, nice. Don Mancini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just wonderfully like kind of like flamboyantly gay man. Just like it was really great. And I told him the story. He's like, oh, so this is kind of like a thank you and screw you all. It's all at the same time. I was like, sure. absolutely. <laughs> um, that and uh, do you remember Radio Flyer? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Richard Donner movie. Yeah. There is one random scene where they allude to the stepfather uh, being abusive. I don't know why that triggered something in me when I was a little kid, but that was just like it. And I went back and rewatched it years later, and it's barely a footnote in the movie. But for whatever reason, that really upset me and made me super sad. And I had to turn it off and leave. Like, and I, that came out like 91, so I was like six. Like, I don't know. Wow. I think it's interesting because what it did was it was stuff that left everything to your imagination and you mm-hmm. made it worse than it actually was. Oh, that, yeah, like at the time you probably could have seen child's play too and been like, Oh, that's not that bad. Right, right, right. But because you just, it was just in your head. I, I don't you appreciate to, you deconstructing me right now on the radio. Well, it's still early. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I also like, I saw the trailer for child's play, like on the TV mm. Or some one of the child's plays, yeah. and like I, I think I told you this, I had a lot of like porcelain dolls as a kid, right? As and, we all do, yeah. I yeah. still do. And they're in my parents' attic, and they're very that's creepy. Yeah, no, that's that being in the attic is way, way not, worse. Oh my no, god, I don't want to go to that house at all. No, Are your parents okay? Yeah, they're fine. Are you sure? Oh, they're no, they're in a box. Like your parents not, like, are in a box. <laughs> <laughs> No, the dolls are. Did the dolls put it in there? <laughs> How many dolls would it take to put your parents Blink in a box? Twice if like the ten, dolls are controlling like, the situation. Okay, like, we gotta go. There's, <laughs> there's like ten dolls, and they're in a box in the um, in the attic. And I told my dad, I was like, "Where's that box of like porcelain dolls?" And he was like, oh, "I think it's in the attic. I can get it down for you." I was like, "Yeah," because I kind of want to like hide them randomly in your house, so then they just like kind of freak you out. And he, his eyes got real big. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Martin and Cat Whitaker from a 2019 interview. You're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick Jargudiu. That's it for this episode number two zero five of to a certain degree if you missed any of this episode or you want to listen to full episodes i encourage you to visit to a certain degree.com and look up some of your favorite orlandoans central floridians people from the middle of the sunshine stadiums that is a long way to go for that one but a lot of good interviews a lot of really interesting insights and interesting people thank you so much for listening and have a very pleasant day.